Happy New Year from Bach to Bach, the podcast opening up the world of classical music one beer at a time. Happy 2016. It's a leap year. This one I'm excited about. I, I, I like leap, leap, years. leap years. We have had, we don't know about you guys, we hope you had a great New Year's Eve. Uh, I know we did. We, we had a blast. New have Eve. to send out so much love to the ghost of Paul Revere. And Lady Lamb and the Beekeeper. And, and the Ballroom, ballroom Thieves. thieves. Was, amazing Ballroom Thieves. So if, if you didn't see on our social media, we were able to uh, spend our New Year's Eve with these wonderful artists at the State Theater here in Portland, Maine. 1,500 uh, people. But not only spend it, we got to perform with Ghost, which yes. is really, really an awesome experience. Um, we, uh, they had just released uh, an EP called Field Notes Volume 1 about a month or so back. Yeah, and it's it's pretty uh, incredible it's a little bit of a different than their last album believe but if you can want to go pick it up it's a great album and there's a great cover of baba o'reilly by the who on it yeah so um yeah definitely uh we want to thank them for letting us spend it with them and having a great old time and an awesome brunch the next day as well yeah god love ruskies uh, ruskies um but it is our second well second mini episode Second of the uh, first of the new year, uh, we've been we've been dark these last few days. Apologies for that. We're just kind of regrouping in the new year, and we're gonna start coming back at you again with posts and all sorts of fun stuff. Um, but we're here to talk to you. So, our, basically, if you don't remember our first one or didn't listen to our first one, we use these mini episodes to talk about you know either certain topics that deal with classical performances or beer or classical music in general, or just, just kind of little tips and discussion points. Uh, our first one we talked about concert etiquette. And this episode, we're focusing on dress code, which is a very debated uh, topic. Yeah, it's it's and you know, depending on the generation or where you live or what you attend, it can range from you know wearing you know dirty jeans to wearing a tuxedo, depending on how you view it and how yeah. you look at it. So yeah. we're gonna debate with you, uh, not with you because you're not here. Life. <laughs> you're not here <laughs> with us. Uh, we're gonna debate uh, both sides of this topic. Um, but Maddie, why don't you like just what you looked into this a lot and talked to, and you kind of found out when, when attendance, first of all, started dropping in for the symphony. There's been a lot of people writing about when, because in the early 1980s, that was the first time they started seeing noticeable and constant decline in people going to see the orchestra. Um, and there's been a lot of people who have backtracked through that generation uh, the you know, the boomers, and kind of started to question why that happened. And we were just talking before we hit record. Uh, these people had mentioned, and Keb brought up the good point as well, that as you came out of the 60s and 70s, rock was... Um, it's taken over. Yeah, it was taken over. But we still didn't have the variety of genres that we have today. Yeah, it I mean, was really... We, we looked yeah. back to, you know, you look back, 40 years or looking 70s and we we had rock we had jazz we had we had the different kinds of rock psychedelic classic surf but but you don't have the hundreds of genres yeah. today just in electronic and music alone you have all these there's there's so many it's it's endless and then so, in the 70s you started seeing rap and then pop started to evolve yeah, out of the end of that into the, the 80s, 80s. And, and so you know it, it things took a turn musically and, and societies and culture wise and i think that was a huge direct correlation to how the attendance of the symphony uh, was affected, but also how we dressed for the symphony or for any event in that matter. Yeah, I mean, you look at the fifties overall, fifties and in, in the beginning of the sixties, everybody was still pretty dapper if they went out in public. Well, and like you were saying a few episodes back, even 
the the revolutionary music of the day was still being played by the orchestra. So like Stravinsky and the whole fire yeah. thing. That or uh, not fire, but what were we talking about? Uh, the, no, um, Rite of Spring. Rite of Spring. Yeah. It was revolutionary, but it was still being played by an orchestra in an orchestral hall. So this is the groundbreaking stuff, the new stuff was still being done at the symphony. So it, it was wasn't until the boomers kind of came of age when they would have joined their parents at you know the whole going to the symphony as a regular thing that they started to break away from that. Um, and and next thing you know, it just there's become so many genres that uh, classical has kind of faded into the. The background. Though. Oh sure, and and uh, you know, I, we definitely try to see the resurgence of that with you know variety by symphonies performing with artists to get more attendance in there, performing with with current artists. I mean, one of my favorite things I've seen was Kendrick Lamar backed by uh, I think the National Symphony Orchestra, and it just man, it was it was awesome. But you know, look, that's a whole different audience that the average symphony gets. Um, so one thing we we want to talk about is you know where do you stand? Do you stand with if you were to go to the symphony, or if you had do go, or if you haven't gone yet but you did, would you dress to the nines, dress as fancy as possible, yeah. make it an event, or would you say, I don't need to do that, I'm going to go in my jeans and a t-shirt? And and which, and again, this is not really a wrong answer, but we want to see what you side with, um, and where do you land? And you know me, I mean, you, I, I really enjoy dressing up. I like putting a suit on. Um, I like uh, putting on the Ritz. A tailored suit. There's a difference between wearing a suit. (laughs) So I actually need to go back to New Year's Eve because... So the Ghost of Paul Revere guys, they made New Year's Eve even more special by wearing all white suits with white ties, white vest, everything, white shoes. They were uh, a light's dream because it was just everything would reflect off it. But basically, however, it's a men's warehouse suit. (laughs) So, uh, for a few of them, it fit really well. For other ones, it fit like uh, I don't know, not not as tailored as as it, some might hope. But it was still so awesome to see. It was a beautiful <laughs> image. Anyway, but going back, so you love dressing up. I like dressing up at the symphony. I, I think it's um, I, and I know I'm a bit of a throwback in that sense. I know this this is where the debate kind of becomes tough for me because I I I know what I prefer, but I also know that to to save classical music from itself some sacrifices have to be made uh, and we've talked about this in the car a bunch you can adjust your dress code based on who you see yeah so if you're seeing the new york phil which is in the top 10 in the world um you're gonna dress as nice as possible yeah dress um, nice. it, even though even though you know you may be going for your first time you don't know what to expect it's the new york phil it's one of the best groups in in the entire world yeah best orchestras in the world i mean and i think there's a level of respect and i don't think that that's i might be saying that wrong because it doesn't mean you should respect your local orchestras less any any less right but you're talking about the grades i mean it's like it's if you're gonna go see you know guns and roses or i don't know that they're one of the grades but they're legendary but you may not dress up but you're gonna take that experience as seriously as possible and make it the best possible you can do um you know, I, I look at it this way: if you can put a giant wedge of cheese on your head and paint yourself yellow to go to a Green Bay game, that's a great one. You then can put you, on a you suit can put on a suit to go see go see. That's a great comparison. You know, if you're gonna put that much effort Don't in one side, wear the cheese wedge though to the symphony. Yeah. Just, it's as long as it's with a suit. Maybe I've been to Green Bay. I could get into the field <laughs> of that. Um, um, yeah. So you know, you look at 
probably the major major symphonies and you can London look up online symphony uh, berlin yeah Philharmonic. berlin phil you know so, some of these greats it you need to dress up it's i think it's a sign of courtesy especially to them yeah. um it's it's showing that you know you respect them but at the same time you know you're you like dressing up and there's a lot of people love getting dressed up i mean look at when people go out to the bars um some some people wear jeans with an untucked t-shirt. Some girls wear a dress and heels and spend hours getting ready. Yeah. Because they want to look nice for an event, whatever it is. Yeah. So if you're going to get that nice for, dress that nice for uh, the bar where it's going to be black and no one can see you anyway, <laughs> um, then why don't you dress up so people can see you at the symphony where it's a nice right. event? Um, but there are times where it's like family concerts on a, on a Sunday matinee. Yeah. Um, is that is that a situation where people can be a bit more relaxed? I think so. You know, so usually when it's a nighttime concert, uh, it's usually expected that you wear you know shirt, tie, jacket, sport, or you know, sport jacket. You don't have to wear a suit, but you can wear a sport jacket and you know whether khakis or jeans with it. I mean, when I go, I wear shirt, tie, vest, and dark jeans and dress shoes. Yeah, like I don't I wear you know it's not the dressiest thing I wear, uh, but it's not. You know, a sweater and jeans, or a sweater and a button-up untucked. Yeah. You know, you can you can find a middle ground. It's as long as it shows that there's some sign of a uh, that you that you're you know putting an effort. But we, and you talked about an idea the other day um, related to the symphony and spirits, but also the idea that what if you had themed? Yeah. So I thought it'd be great. I, so I, I'm one that likes to find a middle ground. I don't get super dressed up all the time i kind of wear the same almost uniform every day not uniform but same pick of clothes every every day same style um but when i get dressed up i try but i also like feeling comfortable and relaxed wherever i go um and still looking good so i always look good what am i saying um <laughs> and humble <laughs> and humble you know so i thought okay so if there's a way to get people to have a fun time at the symphony and also be relaxed and have a blast I think I have like a pajama themed, just a Sunday matinee. I mean, Sunday matinees, I was saying, so Saturday, usually nighttime concerts, dress up more fancy. Sunday matinees are always a little bit more relaxed. Yeah. And I think, um, it, I think having a pajama concert would just be one, super comfy and fun for yeah. the fa- especially for families. Like, to say, kids, we're putting our PJs on, we're going out in public. And, and yeah. that is a great way to get your kids into this. They will, and they'll pro if they see an orchestra dressed up in pajamas as well, they yeah. will dig that. Yeah, and, and, they will pay and, and it makes it more fun. And I, however, there's a difference between wearing pajamas in public and then wearing pajamas outside of 7 Eleven. There's two different <laughs> situations with that. We're talking about it in a constructive sense where it's, where it's an event and a fun idea. And I think that's something that, you know, orchestras do. I mean, uh, when they do Halloween concerts, they they, yeah, they Norm, wear, wear outfits, and they yeah, well, and a lot of orchestras do this where they, the you know, there's one photo I saw on, online. I don't know who it was, but the entire bass section was a different Avenger, and it was just great. <laughs> it was just really cool. See, and that would be. Do we know of any other local orchestras? Uh, oh, I, I'm sure there's, and I mean, check with local orchestra. At, you know, and, and that thing. Look at the big holiday time. So you know, Christmas and the holidays and Halloween and sometimes Valentine's Day. They do things. They don't do a lot for Arbor Day, which I don't get why. The whole um, orchestra comes from trees. It's yeah, a shame, really. It's true. Yeah. Um, we, we that's, wouldn't that's be anywhere without... That's not fair to the brass and the winds. No. Well, uh, to the brass, at least. Well, um, the only part of the orchestra we care about is where... We're going to lose so many listeners by that our we prejudice. Can, I'm, hey, look at that over there. Um, but so, I mean, I, I come from the viewpoint of... I think 
you can dress relaxed and have a good time, but you know, but don't let your dress reflect your attitude about yeah. it as well. So you may go more relaxed, but still be polite and have you know good good etiquette in public. And yeah, um, and I, and I think more as time's going on, more and more people are going in relaxed yeah. clothing, and it's okay. Um, there, there's definitely there is a middle ground, isn't there? Because I, I, I personally, I'd love to see people. Um, just get into the orchestra wearing whatever they feel comfortable in at the time. But then as they, if they start to go regularly, I'd love to see them suddenly look around and go, yeah, maybe, maybe I, I should put on a, a tie today. Yeah. And, and, ho- and hopefully it, it shows, it sh- starts a revolution because you looked at the, what's style wise, what's in right now, you know, and it's the classic look is coming back. The put together look, you look back at 96, 97. Yeah. It was hideous, but, yeah, yeah. but you look at what's in style right now and it's, Really well tailored, really well put together, clean, simple, uh, classic look, and that that and that shows a sign of you know that of care for yourself and care yeah. of your image. We we don't we don't. I think a lot of people have been put off by what they see at the symphony, which tends to be you know guys in really overfitting tweed jackets with like puke green turtlenecks and triple pleated elastic band chinos, and you know funded by Joseph A. Banks, and. It is, you know, that is, yeah. I can, we can totally understand how you may look at that and go, wow, no wonder these asses go to the, the symphony. Um, you know, just sometimes it's nice to go out on a date night, which is, again, the whole idea of symphony and spirits. Go out, have a drink, mingle with people, have a nice experience, talk a bit, and then wander on out to the symphony. And you make it, you make it something, you make it an event. You know, you, there's those nights that you go out and, you know, that that just make it a special time. So why why not make this any different and make it put it, put it as part of your routine? You know, not maybe not every month, but every few months. Yeah. You know, go go see the symphony. Go for a nice meal before or after, depending on what the concert is. But you know, get dressed up, and we're not asking you to wear a full you know perfectly tailored suit. If you want to do that, go for it as long as it fits well. Um, but <laughs> and don't feel that you need to go to the symphony just. Just to go, you know, go if they're, you know, if if the if the orchestra's playing in town, but it's pieces I don't really like, I'm not gonna go. And also, the follow up on that though, if you don't know the pieces, take you go on YouTube to watch clips anyway. Take yeah. another three minutes of your day or of your week and just go watch. Type in the name of the piece, listen to any part of the piece for three or four minutes, and just see if you like it. If you like it, go see it live, because chances are if you like it on recording, it's going to be so cool live. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Just like any band, you know, any live band that you would go see, if they're if they're good on album, you really hope they're better live. Yeah, and, they should be. And orchestras almost always, um, most prof- basically every professional orchestra is much better live than yeah. you'll hear on CD. So it's worth the experience, and just where you're, what you're surrounded by and who you're surrounded by. But, you know, make it an event, get dressed up, and... Uh, this wasn't really a debate as much as we were hoping. That's we, we were going to we were too gonna, amicable. We were going to take objection opposing sides, but but the thing is we were both fairly compromising people when it comes to this because I think if we had we should bring this up again when we have someone who's very hardcore traditional um classical music hmm. musician on board. Um and we should bring it up again. We do want to hear from you guys. Uh, if you've never been, but have you know, have you been? Have you been put off going to the the orchestra because of the dress code? Um, are you a diehard? Think everyone should dress up in a tux all the time? Um, send us your ideas. Post them on the Facebook yeah. page. Um, email us. Uh, there is 
uh, you know, we'll be putting stuff up on Instagram. Just you know, send us a uh, send us a tweet. Yeah. Um, leave, leave your comments, and then we'll uh, we're curious to see what what the poll is of uh, how people feel about you know dress code, and we might see a change where it goes back to really traditional again. We might see it just become you know. Um, super casual, but it, this this is one of the hurdles, one of the many hurdles that is that combine to prevent people from going to see an orchestra perform. So if we can knock this one down and just start to uh, find a good ground that will bring people back to the concert hall, you know, we we want to know it. So if people have ideas, people have thoughts, feelings on it, let us know. Um, but if you know if this has got you riled up, if you've got if you got a bit of blood in your veins because you're sitting there thinking one way or the other, people should dress up or people should not. Uh, one way to calm yourself down is with a beer. Yeah, beer is a great way to settle an argument, or <laughs> sometimes it starts an argument, but, but uh, it's a great way to finish off. And so we've been doing way too many Maine beers for good reason because we live in Maine. Because Portland is whoa, we should, we have to shout this out. Portland oh, yeah. was just voted with what the number one beer city in the country. In the country, the number mm-hmm. one place to be a beer drinker. Portland, Maine. We should re- reiterate that because Portland, Oregon. Sorry, guys, you you stole our name after we already had it. Um, They're a great city, Portland, Oregon. I've never been. I need oh, to go. You will love it. Um, but so we we're going more national. It's still a northeastern beer, New England beer. Uh, Sam Adams. Uh, we all know Sam Adams. The Boston Lager is their flagship. Uh, but it is winter. It's officially winter, by the way. It's so uh, snow fell since our last podcast. Um, and it also got ridiculously cold. Um, yeah, well, la- last two days. Last yeah. two days. So, But it's it's winter. And so we're drinking the, the Sam Adams winter, winter Lager, which is pretty much going out uh, very soon, if not in some places already has. They, they already start switching over. Which I think the cold snap is the next one. Their spring beer, which is really oh, weird. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so it's which is how they why they do spring beers. Every fashion and beer do this. They release it one season earlier than they should. Well, and I could, we fashion does it because it takes advantage of the sales. True. Um, uh, but anyway, so so the winter lager basically it is. Um, if you haven't had it, I I. I like it. It's it's has orange peel, has cinnamon in it. Um, it's brewed with noble hops. Um, it's about a five to six percent uh, uh, ABV, and it's 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 great. I prefer it better draft though than bottle. I yeah. I I've been actually after drinking more things from can. I like yeah. things either draft or canned more than the taste of bottle. Right. And I don't know why. Maybe it's just me, but um, you know, it's it's got. Uh, it's it's not a heavy beer, but it's 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 a little bit more comforting. It's it's have one or two, um, two is a safe one, and I think by the second one, really the taste starts to come, um, and and enjoy. But one thing I do love that they have in it is ginger. They they put ginger in it yeah. as well, and I, I yeah. don't like ginger to be overwhelming, but it just has that little hint of it. Um, so if it's still on draft anywhere or a bottle where you can pick it up, um, actually on the Sam Adams website, what you can do, you go on to where it says uh, our beers and you click it and you can type in your zip code and it tells you where the nearest place to your house you can pick That's it up. That's pretty handy. Um, I wish they did that with bars. So they actually listed what bars they sell it at. They only sell it at show oh, realtors, yeah. um, that um, retail stores where they sell it. But uh, I'm sure... Pretty one much, of local, one of your local beers has. Yeah, it pretty much has everyone has Sam Seasonal at the time. Sam Seasonal and and Boston Lager on tap, um, but it was time to start branching out from our our main brand so much and go it's a little bit to do outside. You know, we went to Troy last time, but we still went to a microbrewery. Um, but so and, yeah, check out the Sam Adams Winter Lager. Uh, it's it's I think you can only get it for a few more weeks. Um, 
uh, in January, and then it, then it's gone, and then they're on to their next one. We'll try to get down to their tasting room one day. One day. If you guys haven't been, uh, our last episode was at Rare Form Brewery in Troy, New York, with uh, Kevin Mullen. If you haven't had a chance to stop by, uh, we still have one growler of Karis Porter at yeah, uh, holy cow. Back, back home in upstate New York. And after, that was after the uh, Vonnegut book, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. After yep, Cradle. Yep. Um, it is... Um, it is phenomenal uh, beer being brewed there. This is so, this is the time of year, especially now that the cold's really set in. Porters and stouts are what's going to keep yeah, you comfy. Yeah, make your way into rare form and sit yourself down. It's beautiful, sunny windows, and uh, just uh, talk with Kevin and his wife Jenny, and they will uh, they'll sort you out with some really really delicious beers. I want to just thank them again for the yeah, it's been, it's been fun to do last this in different breweries. Um, but uh, we're actually going to do something different today, where we're just going to send you out on the piece. We've been trying to kind of put it. In our, like in between everything, um, but we're just gonna talk about it and then we're gonna send you out on it, um, and just listen uh, all the way through to the end, and then you can go on with your day. Um, unless you want to listen to the episode again, this is an actual mini episode. We know we keep calling them, you know, mini and shorter, but this this one is actually <laughs> mini ones be like short. an hour and a half. Oh man. Uh, anyway, so Maddie, once so. This is a, a composer we both love a lot. And Samuel Barber, yeah. Super, yeah. super great guy. Um, Actually, it's, it's a Sam episode, Samuel Adams, Samuel Barber. Look, that's See, the name of the, the, the Samuels. The coincidences come together. Um, so Barber uh, wrote this piece called um, Overture to the School for Scandal. Um, Ooh. <laughs> and everyone loves a bit of scandal. So the School for Scandal was a play written and performed in England back in the mid-1700s. It was a comedy. Um, and of course, comedy back then is not quite the same as like Talladega Nights or the other guys today. But at the time, you know, back in Shakespeare's day, it meant that Imagine most Seth people. Seth Rogen and Zach Galifianakis back then. <laughs> well, if they're listening to this, maybe they can get a good idea for a, a plot point. I mean, um, yeah, back in Shakespeare's day, comedy was uh, defined by the fact that you know not everyone died, um, and then and then it's kind of come a long way since there. Um, the Overture to the School for Scandal was the first piece that I performed with the Empire State Youth Orchestra. Oh, was it really? Yeah. Uh, I remember coming that. in, first rehearsal, as a little 13 or 14-year-old. Francisco and, Noya. Yeah, and, and, he, and he just... Mr. Clean himself. We all sat down, baton went up. He's like, right, right into it. And, um, and it was phenomenal. It's a great piece. It's fun. It's, uh, it's, it's actually the first time he composed for a full orchestra. Um, really? So uh, just think about the first time you did anything, you know, adventurous, and yeah, this this was this was his first outside attempt. the wheelhouse normally. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and this was this was his first attempt at a orchestral composition, full orchestral composition. So uh, it's fun, a lot of time changes, um, and it's it's almost difficult to follow. Um, uh, but there's a lot of winds going on. A lot of brass, a lot of strings. It's a really moving piece. It has a lot of energy. It's only eight minutes long, um, but it is. It's wicked fun to play, and it's it's just as fun to watch. Well, and just just a little background on on just not background, but knowledge of Barber. So if you, you've seen or heard, whether you're a classical musician or not, Adagio for strings is kind of like his his yeah. flagship, his most known piece. It's been used in movies. Um, if you are a string player, you've played this in your lifetime. Yeah. Um, it's one of those pieces you have to play, just kind of long things. But my, actually, my favorite, one of my favorite pieces ever is the Barber by Lincoln Journal, like ever written. And That's it's a one I beautiful, beautiful piece. Um, but Samuel Barber just was this, um, not out there, but uh, he really kind of 
took he was safe at first with a lot of his stuff and then started to explore more um, and really made most composers do though at the same time they start at point A and, and really can then really branch out but he just has his accessibility to a lot of his music that just is super easy and super engaging to listen to regardless of your background and it's just hearing every any any of his works it's just fun it's just fun to listen to and so if you've heard adagio for strings ignore that because this is completely different feel and mood and intensity yeah um it, it has intense moments but in a whole different way um so do you want to dive in let's dive in oh oh, so, oh yeah go ahead well you know, turn it up uh this one is a bit more of an active listening so keep an ear out for all the different parts uh and we're gonna send you on your way though yeah we're sending you on your way thanks again for listening uh f- for our mini episode, and then so tune in next week for our our our, our next week for our full episode. Um, and we'll give you details later this week to surprise you about it. But anyway, happy New Year, everybody! Happy New Year! And Thanks for listening to Bach to Bach. Cheers! Cheers!